Hello, and welcome in to a fall edition of the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Baseball Podcast. For those who may have forgotten and for those who might not know, my name is Chris Tamui, your loyal host, and it has been quite a minute since I've decided to do a pod. I think the last pod I did was the season recap, and then we did a uh, kind of a post-draft, post-recruiting analysis for the LSU baseball team. So welcome in. Happy to be joining y'all again. For those who don't know or for those who are not sure, you can find all of my stuff on Twitter and on all major audio platforms, and that will this that's where this podcast will be uh, broadcast. It'll be on Apple, Google, Spotify, so this will be podcast only. I also have a YouTube. You can find all of my stuff on Twitter and YouTube. The account is 60, the numbers, so 60FT6INLSUPOD. That is a Twitter handle. I'll say it again, 60FT6INLSUPOD. If you go on YouTube and you just search six zero feet, six inches LSU baseball pod. Everything from last year should pull up and the latest uh, YouTube video I did at the end of, really at the end of the summer. And so I figured once fall baseball started, I'd have a chance to get out there and go look at some scrimmages. That was my game plan, assuming work and family panned out. And I did that today. So I'm recording this on Sunday, October the 9th. I did not get a chance to go out and um, see Friday and uh, excuse me, Thursday and Friday, but I had a chance today. Uh, the weather was beautiful. They probably had two to 300 people out there. So what I plan to do for the fall is really just kind of give you all my opinions. I'm not going to give you a bat by a bat analysis. And to be completely honest, I didn't even stay for the whole Sunday scrimmage. I left, or left after about two and a half hours, I believe. So in the seventh inning, I kind of saw who I wanted to see pitch. Uh, the hitters we're rotating pretty frequently, so I got to see everybody take some at-bats. And um, obviously, I miss some guys I've been excited to see pitch, and hopefully I'll be able to catch those guys throughout the fall. But I'll be 100% completely honest. They had a ton of LSU baseball people out there. Um, Matthew Musso is out there. I got a chance to meet him personally, so it's a good time to finally meet him in uh, real life since we communicate on Twitter a lot. I know Hunt Palmer may have gone out there Thursday, I believe, so he's another good person to follow. Mikey Matuk, I saw I was tweeting from the stands. He was giving you play-by-play action, so check out Mike'd Up, um, his Twitter account. And then Leah Van, the beat reporter for LSU Baseball with The Advocate. So, look, I'm here to spread as much baseball love as possible. Those uh, four individuals do a great job and other people. I know everybody's attention right now is on college football, as is mine, um, or in the NFL. The Saints were playing, I believe, while LSU was scrimmaging, so I get it. But uh, – I just want to go out there and get a get a look for the new team uh, for myself and just report back what I saw. So uh, just kind of some quick hits, my initial impressions of some people. And um, I mean, if you're coming here for a detailed breakdown of what uh, Cole Lansfield did against Paul Skeens, that's not going to happen. So, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Maybe I can listen to this on Monday. Uh, drive in, drive home. Just get a quick idea of what the baseball team looks like with all the transfers and all the freshmen that are in. And um, I'll tell you what. You should be very excited if you're an LSU baseball fan. Very excited. Now, we're going to temper our excitement some. Let these guys get through the fall. Uh, no major injuries or anything like that. And um, let every, the freshmen get adjusted to get the transfers. Let everybody get adjusted. And then, uh, you know, we'll set the expectations once the calendar year rolls around. But, um, you know, a ton of talent on this team. Let's just leave it at that. So, the fall scrimmage edition of the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Baseball Pod. Thank you all for joining in. Please like, subscribe, comment, interact with me on Twitter. Podcast form only for this and probably for the remainder of the fall until I decide what to do with the YouTube 
channel and if there's going to be anything new in store. All right, let's get to it. So I walked up literally right as the scrimmage was starting. So it looks like uh, I would imagine Coach Johnson is going to work on some type of different fundamental each scrimmage, I guess, moving forward or different situations. So what you saw is they started uh, probably about every other inning with a, a runner on first. And the first batter, all they were trying to do was sacrifice the runner to second. And, um, you know, if that runner got out, they just cleared the bases and started the inning over. But uh, you saw everybody sacrifice from Joe Bear to um, whoever was up, you know, he ran around first. So they all worked on sacrifice bunting. It was live pitching. You know, the pitchers weren't just lobbing it up. They were, they were throwing hard just to work on some type of fundamental. So it'll be interesting to see throughout the fall, you know, if they do things like they move, put somebody on third and, uh, you know, they, they make the count 1-1. Or they put somebody on first and second, and maybe they execute a hit and run. So I would imagine he'll stress and execute different fundamentals at the beginning of each inning and then um, just go along with a regular inning. The other thing to notice if you do attend any scrimmages, as you all know, they're free. Um, They do have a weird scoring system. And I saw on Twitter that somebody put, if you look at the hits column on the scoreboard, that is the actual score. But Coach Johnson and his staff have some type of a point system. You know, I think at one point the score was like 43 to 40. So I'd imagine they award points for execution, good at bats, good pitches, get them over, get them in, double plays, who knows, three up, three down innings, I don't know. But uh, the score is kind of wacky up there, but just focus on the hit column, and that is the actual score, two to two, three to two, et cetera. So divided into gold and purple teams. So I'll just give you a, a look at the lineups. I do not have the batting order. Once again, may want to check on some of those other accounts. But I just got up, tried to get acclimated, found a seat, and tried to sit down for what I'm getting ready to tell you. But real quick, in terms, I'll just go around the diamond. In terms of the goal team, you saw Malazzo and Travinsky split time at catcher. Morgan was at first. Dugas was at second. Gavin Gidry, the freshman from Barb, was at short. Jack Merrifield was at third. Then you had Pearson in left. Paxton Kling, a freshman, was in center. And then Joe Bear was in right field. And Paul Skeens, the transfer from the Air Force Academy, was the DH. On the purple side, you had two freshmen splitting time behind the plate. That is uh, Brady Neal and Jared Jones. At first, you had another freshman, Ethan Fry. At second, you had the VCU, so Virginia Commonwealth transfer, Ben Nippolt. At short, you had Thompson. At third, you had Tommy White, a.k.a. Tommy Tanks. It feels weird saying his last name's White when everybody just calls him Tommy Tanks. Left field, you had um, two freshmen that split time in Mick Paul and Zeb Rudell. And center field, you had the best player in the country, Dylan Cruz. Right field, you had Stevenson and DH. It was great to see Cade Beloso out there. He looked great. Neither DH ran. So Beloso was DH in for the purple team. He did not run the bases. And then Paul Skeens, the Air Force transfer, did not run the bases either. So I will say, as soon as I walked up, I kind of had a holy crap moment. I walk up, I sit down, the purple pitcher is literally finishing his warm-up pitches, and I sit down, and I just see 95, 95, 96, 96, and a really hard breaking ball. So I pull up my phone, I'm like, who the hell is this dude? And it's Thatcher Hurd, the transfer from UCLA. For those who don't know, Thatcher Hurd was a freshman last year at UCLA, got off to a great start. I believe he was a top 50 player in the country, the number two ranked right-handed pitcher in California, his senior year in high school, got drafted but still ended up at UCLA. Freshman year got sidelined by a pretty bad back injury, so he missed three-quarters of the year. But in his starts at UCLA, he did flash. 
great stuff. And he was impressive. He only threw one inning, but he looked free and easy, no holds barred out there in terms of his motion and his stuff. So I totally agree with Coach Johnson and, and uh, Jay Johnson and the pitching coach, um, Coach Johnson as well, that uh, they're just bringing him along easy. He threw one inning, and it was impressive. He was 95. He sat at 95. I think he bumped 96 with a hard breaking ball that was basically sitting at 82. Um, he sawed off Paul Skeens, just jammed him with a dribble to first base. He K'd Joe Bear, and uh, he looked really impressive. I know it's one inning, and you don't want to get too excited, you know, and he's coming off a, a pretty major injury, but it'll be very fun to watch him extend to two, three, four innings, and I'd imagine maybe at the end of fall, they probably, I would imagine he gets up to five innings, but uh, electric stuff right off the bat, so... I mean, he can he can absolutely bring it, and big kid too, and uh, didn't look wiry or anything. Well built kid, so that was pretty impressive. So LSU fans definitely be excited about temper your excitement, but be very excited about Thatcher Hurd, and let's just hope hope he makes it through the fall um, healthy. On uh, for the goal side, uh, Garrett Edwards, who's been with the program for this is his third year. He started. He went three innings. He was ninety two to ninety four with a good slider. Um, and other guys that pitch for the goal team, I'll just run through the pitchers real quick. So gold, you saw Garrett Edwards throw three innings, Helmers threw three innings, and then um, a guy I waited around to see. I wanted to see if any freshmen threw or any other transfers. Nick Bronzini, who's a left-handed pitcher, who's a freshman, he came in in the seventh, so I saw him throw one before I dipped out. He was 86 to 89. Uh, breaking ball, kind of a slider, about 75 to 77. So he struggled a little bit with some control issues. I'm sure there's some nervousness going out there with uh, probably more fans than he's seen at any of his high school games, and this is for a fall scrimmage. And he's having to face uh, you know, a pretty loaded lineup with Cruz, Tanks, Thompson, Stevenson, Beloso, guys that have been there and done that. So um, tough spot for the freshman. But Helmers got a three-quarter delivery. He was 88 to 91. So it'll be interesting to see what – you know, Edwards and Helmers, what their role is. I would imagine it's got to be a pretty important fall for those guys. So they're juniors. Last year, Edwards threw eight innings. Helmers threw 11 innings. So um, I know Edwards had a really good summer, I believe, up in the Cape. So I'm sure Coach Johnson is looking for those guys to step up and try to define some role for themselves. On the purple side, after Thatcher Hurd pitched, um, you saw a Juco, one of the Juco kids come in and pitch, the big lefty, Nate Ackenhausen. He really... Looks like Riley Cooper's twin brother out there. Very similar. Not as low of an arm slot, but uh, kind of body type and, and, and their repertoire. Very similar. Uh, Ackenhausen threw three innings. He was 89 to 92. His breaking ball was right at about 81. Um, he really struggled with command early on. Several walks in the, in the first inning he threw, but then he, after getting bases loaded, he struck out the side, which is great to see from him. You know, he kind of turned it around. Then just kind of up and down the next two innings, you know, a little bit of control issues, but he, I think he got through there pretty much unscathed. But I can definitely see him slotting into the bullpen or maybe even a swing guy as a midweek starter, you know, taking some of the pressure off of Riley Cooper back there since he was really the only left that we had um, that I can recall. You know, and it's been a while since I looked at last season's roster. But Ackenhausen looked good, you know, despite some control issues, and I'm sure he'll get those ironed out during the fall. You know, it's a big step up coming from Juco. Obviously, facing the guys he faced, you know, he had to face, uh, let's see, Morgan, Dugas, Gidry, Pearson, Joe Bear, and Skeens. Good Lord. So that is a, that's a heck of a lineup he's had to face, too. 
And who also threw um, for the purple side, it was Hurd, then Ackenhausen, and then um, Kale Lansville, who was, a, who was a sophomore this year, who threw six innings last year for LSU. He threw on the purple side, so he threw three as well. So he threw the ball pretty well. You know, he's got pretty good stuff. I like how he attacks the zone and um, a lot of confidence in his breaking ball as well. So he was up around 92, I believe, as well. So um, just double-checking some things, yeah. So he looked good as well. So it'll be interesting to see. I know a lot of people were high on him last year, and he just didn't get as many innings, uh, I'm sure, as he would have liked, or the coaching staff may have wanted to get him. You know, you, you kind of saw him in some midweek games, but uh, I'm sure he'll be looking to carve out a spot for him. And I'm going to be honest, it's uh, that pitching staff is absolutely loaded with talent now, with talent. You have some returning guys who threw really well last year. You have some freshmen that are uber talented. And then you have some transfers, some guys with a ton of arm talent and are just looking to put it together. So, um, you know, I think some of the freshmen threw on Thursday and Friday, and I was really looking forward to some of those guys throwing, but I just didn't get a chance to see them today. So the goal is to get to see them soon. All right. So how did some of these guys do? Look, Dugas hit a home run. Um trying to on the for the gold team tommy tanks hit an absolute bomb for the purple team um cruz made a really nice catch over his shoulder uh on the warning track for the purple team you know you didn't really see too many people steal i will say that on the purple team um the catcher neils a freshman absolutely hosed somebody a ball in the dirt he picked it it was dugas ball and dirty picked it dugas went on the ball in the dirt and, and neil got up and hosed him you know so uh, a lot of questions and a lot of, and a lot of talented kids on there, and I just I think it's going to be interesting to see how some positions are going to play out. I'm getting ready to get into that throughout the fall, but I will tell you a couple things that stood out besides stature heard. I would say from the returning players, Trey Morgan looks great, healthy, no knee brace, free and easy, athletic as all get out, and he is thick. He has gotten a lot bigger. I would say a lot bigger in his upper body. So he looks really good. Um, Dugas played second base. No issues with that. Uh, no bobbles or errors that I, that I saw that I had marked down. So he looked comfortable at second base. You had Gavin Gidry, who everybody's very high on as a freshman at shortstop. So um, he looked pretty good. Still a little light. So I'd imagine, you know, after uh, spending some time in the weight room the next couple months and his body's still maturing. So he still looks pretty thin, but he's a tall kid. So he's got room to... Uh, to fill out Pearson looked good Paxton Kling who played center for the goal team uh, physically mature kid as a freshman in center uh, struggled a little bit at the plate but um, covered ground in, in center very well looked comfortable out there I'll tell you what too though Joe Bear played right field for the goal team and we know he had his issues in the outfield right he was just a DH last year and he had he had some defensive issues to me I thought he looked really comfortable in the outfield he did a good job going over to the line. He covered the gap really well. And I just don't know if I forgot or we just never really saw him show it off last year. But he has got a really strong arm from right field. He's got a pretty good cannon out there. So I know uh, some of the reports are that he worked very hard on his defense in the offseason, getting more comfortable in the outfield. And I would imagine there's going to be some – there's going to be several people vying for that last outfield spot and for that DH spot. So I'm sure Joe Bear's doing everything he can to, uh, you know, get as comfortable as possible in the outfield. And then Skeens, the transfer from Air Force, 
And he he kind of he was Mr. Everything for Air Force, right? He caught and he was their ace. And I said it on Twitter today, but this dude is massive. Like he is every bit of 66230 like it says on the roster. He's not a roster 66. Like when you see this dude on deck and then when he gets in the box, he is a big cat. So to have him in the top part of the lineup and he threw on Thursday, but as your potential ace, um, what a coup for Jay Johnson and his staff to get him over from the Air Force Academy. On the purple team, the two freshman catchers, Neil and Jones, I thought they looked really good. Um, they actually have three freshman catchers, but Ethan Fry played first, and I thought he looked very comfortable Comfortable, excuse me, over there. Neil is kind of more of your prototypical catcher size, probably 5'11", 200 pounds, short, stocky head, hits from the left side, handles the bat really well, and like I said, he hosed Dugas out earlier. Jones and Fry, two other freshman catchers, those kids are big. They're 6'4", probably 210, 215, um, physically mature kids, and they both move pretty well. Fry hit a double down the line, and I thought he moved really well for a kid his size. Um, he's a Louisiana kid, so it'll be interesting to see uh, kind of where he shakes out in the mix. Nip Holt, the VCU transfer, they got late in the transfer portal in the window. He played second base. He, uh, After looking at some of his stats from VCU, he's almost a typical, prototypical leadoff two-hole guy. He's going to hit above 300. He's going to have more walks and strikeouts. Hits from the left side, knows how to handle the bat. Was very good in that conference and for that team. And, uh, you know, he's an upperclassman that's had success. So now he's just moving to a bigger stage. Thompson looks a little bit bigger. He looks like he spent some time in the weight room, especially in the upper body. Um, Tommy Tanks, he uh, he's, he looked good at third base. You know, he played third the whole time. He looked fine. In between innings, what they do in between innings while the pitcher's getting loose, they bring out a machine that feeds them ground balls, the infielders ground balls, and they work on turning double plays. Or they'll throw across the first. They'll do some type of different drill, and they also bring in a machine that throws uh, that that uh, spits out fly balls as well. So they're always working on something between innings. But Tommy Tanks looked good at third. He's kind of short and stocky, but he hit an absolute missile uh, in the game off of Helmers. He hit a bomb off of Helmers late in that game. So uh, he, I think LSU fans are just going to love him. Um, the left fielders, so you got Mick Paul and Zeb Rudell. Rudell had a great day today. He had two or three hits. They both swing it from the left side. And um, I don't know if they're going to be able to contribute this year. And if not, if they redshirt, you know, um, I was wondering what they were going to do with the outfielders they brought in. But if they happen to redshirt, then uh, you got to feel comfortable with those guys moving in. So they, they, didn't, they didn't seem too big for the moment or overmatched by the arms on the mound. Cruz is Cruz, you know. I think he's just getting his hacks. He struck out a couple times today, but he made some really nice plays in the outfield. And I don't think, look, I mean, he's the best player in the country, bar none. I don't think you have to worry about that guy. Then you had Stevenson and Beloso, you know, so they all, uh, Cruz may look a little bit thicker, but the rest of those guys, um, they look like they're in really good shape early on for the fall. I don't always say that because I'm always interested to see how guys come back for the summer, right? Do guys who, you know, Blake Money had that big body transformation uh, last summer. You know, guys who need to lose weight, do they do it? Guys who need to get stronger and bulk up, do they do it? You know, what their what's their commitment while they're playing summer ball or if they're sitting here taking classes? You know, so uh, to me, I always find that interesting. All right, let's get into... Uh, so that's just kind of my take on the game. Look, you know, it was kind of slow at times. Guys had control problems. You know, some guys had some really good at-bats. You know, uh... But all in all, I thought it was, it was well played. Look, there wasn't like five or six errors all over the place. They weren't kicking the ball around. They look like 
you know, a top five team right now. Like they could go out there and, uh, and win series. You know, they, they shouldn't have a whole lot to do just with the maturity level of this team and the experience that they're bringing in, even the transfers. You know, those guys have p- played for really good programs and had really good success. So they should uh, be able to get up and going very quickly. So listen to this. I was just doing, writing some th- things down. Listen to this potential lineup. And this is, they have some holes. And they're, I would say, listen, the competition that we have to pay attention to throughout the fall, and the fall is fall, right? Because when they come back in the spring, when they come back in January, they still have a couple practices before they open up. I mean, a couple weeks before they open up. So things can change then. And you know, Coach, uh, you know, Jay Johnson's going to tinker with some of these spots to get some young guys some time um, in the preseason before conference starts. But to me, right field, I think Pearson's going to play left. But I think right field's a spot because you got Stevenson, you got Joe Bear, and you're going to have Paxton Kling, the freshman. I think they're going to battle it out for playing time in right field. The other question mark is second base. Let's assume Thompson's going to play short, obviously, and Tommy Tanks is going to play third. I think Morgan sticks at first. I know a lot of people were trying to figure out what to do with Morgan. Look, I mean, the guy's, I don't know if he's been an All-American yet. He's a stud at first. We all know how many runs he saves us in his defense over there. The kid's going to stay at first, you know, there's, and, and Tommy White looked fine at third, you know, to me, it looked like he had no issues at second base though. Dugas, who's just a utility guy, jack of all trades there, Nipholt, the kid from VCU. And then I think Gavin Gidry is going to push for some time as well. The freshman from Barb. And I would imagine Gidry could probably play second, short or third. I would imagine they're going to work him at all three. Cause listen, you got you have to have guys cross trained, right? If somebody gets hurt, I don't wish hurt injuries on anybody, right? But if Thompson gets hurt, you're gonna have to have somebody play short. So, and whoever your starting second baseman is, if they get hurt, you got to have somebody step in behind them. So, I would imagine, you know, Dugas, Nipholt, and uh, Gavin Gidry are all gonna cross train probably all three at those positions, and um, so that'll be an interesting battle moving forward. And then lastly, catcher, just a a slew of catchers. We really have five. You have Travinsky, who's back. Malazzo looked completely healthy. He's back. And then you have the three freshmen. You have Neil, Jones, and Fry. I would imagine Fry may transition out of that catcher's role. May put him at first. I mean, he's 6'5", kid. He's a big kid. And uh, maybe as the potential successor to Morgan moving forward. And then see what happens with the catchers. But that's, that's some kids freshmen who want to play want to earn some playing time who are going to battle who look comfortable at the dish and uh i'll be honest i thought they all received the ball really well today i didn't see a lot of pass i didn't i don't know if i saw but maybe one or two pass balls and that was just because uh pitchers really spiked the ball so i thought they all looked good behind the plate so all those people with uh catching concerns last year i think they should probably be the breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief and i know everybody's excited that malazzo is back healthy the Zachary kid. So it's good to see him back there as well. So those are the position battles. I think you got right field, second base and catchers. So what are you gonna do with those kids? But listen to this potential lineup. Just why not? Right. We can always do the way too early lineup here on the 60 feet, six inches LSU pod. Pearson leading off last year. He had eight bombs. Just keep the bombs. I did the math for you. Cruz hitting second, 22 bombs. Skeens, DH and hitting third. He had 13 bombs last year at Air Force. Tommy Tanks hitting fourth. He had 27 
Yep, 27. You heard me right. 27 bombs last year at North Carolina State. I don't know if he can repeat that. Good Lord. Morgan, hitting fifth, had five bombs. JT, hitting six, had six bombs last year. And uh, just for demonstration purposes in right field, I just put Joe Bear in there with 18 bombs. Uh, I put Dugas at second. He had five bombs and at catcher. I don't even think I calculated a catcher bomb total because we had McManus last year. So the reason I put those bombs up there, the home runs, is because you got to replace roughly, no, you have to replace 40 home runs, right? You had Barry with 15, Doty with 15, and McManus with 10. But out of that projected lineup, just taking last year's home run totals, and I get it. You can't assume they're going to hit the same amount. I totally understand that. But that projected lineup I just put out there, that's 104 home runs. And last year as a team, LSU hit 114. So there are going to be some definitive fireworks going off in Alec Box Stadium this year. For those who don't know anything about Gorilla Ball, I think you're going to see a modern-day version of Gorilla Ball this year. Just... Uh, I pitched. I would not want to face this lineup. I would probably get my feelings hurt pretty bad. Pearson, Cruz, Skeens, Tanks. I mean, good Lord. Morgan, JT, and then the right field second baseman catcher, whoever that is. That's a, that's, that's, that's a nightmare. That's a little bit of a murderer's row right there. Also, the bullpen is going to be a question. And some guys that I really wanted to see throw, I just... You know, they just didn't throw today. They threw earlier in the week. But the bullpen's going to be a, a big question mark. Remember, you, you're losing. You lost Fontenot, Vittmeyer, Razelman, Gervais. I mean, you lost all those guys who are the workhorses in your bullpen. You got Cooper back, okay? But if you look at your starters, I think the starters are going to shake themselves out. And I get it. It's the first weekend, Chris. Just chill out. But you got to think Skeens, Hurd. Floyd, Christian Little from Vanderbilt, Blake Money, Dutton, and Taylor. Those were some swing guys. But you got to figure out of those seven guys, you're going to get up four starters, and three are going to be your weekend guys. I don't know who they're going to be. They're going to come out of that group. And then from a bullpen perspective, you know, I think Appleby, who's a junior college kid, slots into the bullpen. You got Cooper whose returning is going to slot into the bullpen. You have um, Collins, who's coming back, who's going to slot into the bullpen. Ackenhausen, the big lefty, is going to slot in there. You know what, what? I don't know what's going to happen with Dutton and Taylor. There will probably be some swing guys, some midweek start guys. But then you got the freshmen, and these kids are talented, right? You got Newt. Chase Shores, who threw the other day, and they said he was 95 to 97. He's 6'8". He's massive. Moffitt, who was, 90, he was 97, I believe, coming out of high school. I mean, I saw him today. I didn't see him pitch, obviously. You got those three guys. And you got Griffin Herring from the left side and uh, DJ Primo from the left side from Central. So you just have a lot of arms, a lot of arms. And I just don't know where the roster cuts are going to come from. I, I would imagine they're going to have to come from the pitching staff. They just have way too many pitchers. And um, unfortunately, I think some of these guys that may have been here for a while may not be around after the fall. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the roster cuts work, but I, I know they have to cut some and they have to get down to a certain number. So anyway, that's, uh, that's just kind of my take on the fall scrimmage. Sorry if it was a little scattered, you know, but all in all, I think when I left, the score was 4-4. Four to four. So 
you know, nothing stood out as terrible. I thought a lot of guys looked really good and in shape. Um, Thatcher Hurd was super impressive in his first inning. And then I thought you saw – I was impressed by the comfortability of the freshmen, meaning they didn't look like the moment was too big. And I get it's a scrimmage on a Sunday and there's 200 people there. But these guys are coming from high school games where it's just mom and dad and their girlfriends or their buddies from school. You know, Now this is just random people showing up. I'm sure they went to LSU Tennessee yesterday and now they come out – and they're trying to impress this coaching staff. But all those freshmen, you know, they stepped in the box and they took their hacks. And, you know, these guys have been in those perfect, you know, perfect game, Under Armour Classics with Dude throwing 96. So uh, it wasn't too big for them. And they looked very comfortable out there, which is good to see. So you could, you could definitely tell that Coach Johnson is um, he's going after big, physically mature kids. And I would imagine if I had to ask him, he's probably going after kids that are going to be future big leaguers or have the potential to be big leaguers. And we can get you to LSU for uh, two to three years and get you drafted very high with our coaching staff, with the the things we have at our disposal, with our facilities, and uh, with the conference we play in. You're going to be ready to roll once you get drafted and you leave LSU. And I think that's who he's recruiting from here on out. You know, big, physically mature kids with projectability and kids with uh, stuff that they're ready to come in and compete day one in the SEC. So that's it. I'm going to post this. Should be up uh, tomorrow, which is Monday. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Might have been a little all over the place, but like I said, it's just kind of a first impressions. So, uh, my goal is to go out every weekend. Hopefully, I can make more than one. It just depends on life, you know. But uh, a little a little fall LSU baseball for y'all during football season, a quick reprieve, and um, just beautiful weather out there. Not a cloud in the sky. So, it was a great atmosphere. So, uh, if y'all are bored on Sundays, you know, I'm going to try to be out there every Sunday, if not, try to make one during the week and uh, and do a pod every week just with what I saw. And hopefully I get a chance to see some different pitchers throw every time. But thank you all for joining me. Once again, the YouTube channel and the Twitter handle are at 6060FT6INLSUPOD. I'll post this uh, link to the podcast and it will be on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other major audio platforms. Like, retweet, comment, interact with me, and uh, get, a, get a little fall baseball talk going that Major League Baseball playoffs are going on right now. We don't have to go overboard. Trust me. I'm in full football mode too, but just a little bit. So uh, more to come, LSU baseball fans. Y'all have a great week. Thank y'all, and I'll talk to y'all soon.